1: You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action.
2: Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber, live at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Futures uh, trying for a rip here after December headline CPI comes in negative by one-tenth. Six straight months of declining year-on-year inflation. We'll talk about the implications for the Fed and the markets, along with this new proxy fight at Disney in a few moments. As uh, the guys on Squawk told you, Nell uh, Nelson Peltz seeking a seat on Disney's board. We'll begin though with December CPI in line with expectations, down a 10th month on month, up three-tenths when you strip out food and energy. On a year-on-year, consumer prices easing back to six five. Jim. Although I know you're looking at some things like why would apparel uh, be up five-tenths?
1: Look, I hate to actually criticize what our numbers because it's numbers versus numbers. I mean, I should have criticized last year's, but I'm dealing with melding the companies that I speak to every day with the numbers, there is an apparel glut of just incredible proportions. It's probably one of the greatest times to buy apparel ever in, in, that I've ever seen. I mean, there's anything from denim to, to cashmere that's not on sale. So clothing is up. Apparel's up 0.5. Give me a give me a break. I mean, I look at things like new and used vehicles, and used vehicles we see are plummeting, not really reflected here. I know ex-food and energy, but give me a break. I mean, lum, you know, eggs are the new lumber. what they say eggs are up double digit so we can certainly pin the tail of the eggs not that that,
3: that's because of the poor the avian flu flu. that
1: that's that was called a joke oh sorry I missed. but i do want to point out that we have if you looked at three months ago what we thought natural gas was going to be and that is the heating fuel of the country i think we would say we're in deep trouble instead i think we can say burn baby burn disco inferno
2: Meanwhile, you got Harker uh, saying the days of 75 basis point hikes are behind us. Yeah, that's uh, that's history. You got claims at 205, Jim. I mean, people are talking Goldilocks this morning.
1: Yeah, well, if you didn't know any better, you would think there's this Fed chairman who's actually doing a pretty good job. I know I'm in the minority. Well, I, there's family members probably with him. But this these numbers are exactly how it's supposed to slow down. I mean, I'm not in a Boeing plane right now, Boeing recommended by Credit Suisse, but I would say this is a very clear dashboard, and it's going, David, the way it should. It's not cratering, it's slowing, and it's got a lot of businesses that are really playing a role, whether it be Logitech or computer equipment, very bad number last night, Taiwan Semi saying the next quarter or two going to be weaker, or whether it be beer prices that are coming down. So I can see a plethora of things that are going the way of j
3: Okay, Uh, the market seems to uh, be uh, satisfied with the number as well as we've seen Uh, the S and P bounced around a bit, but we are most likely going to have a higher open 27 minutes from now. Two-year yield went up, but then it came back down, I believe, as well. I mean, there's Uh, just appropriate response in your opinion. I'm sorry. Appropriate response in the markets in your opinion? Yes, I think so. No. Well, I'll tell you, what's
1: really incredible. did we not pull forward this? I mean, every day, Carl, we've been up this year. The market's been amazing. NASDAQ up three. Did we not anticipate this? So if we're up again on the same information, yeah. then I begin to think that maybe there's some sort of era of good feelings that nobody counted on, including say people like, I don't know, Mike Wilson, <laughs> somewhat negative fellow. Or, yes. Um, I don't look. Someone who's right, you don't make fun of. But the fact is, is that there is a very different tone to what's been going on. And I thought it might be predictive of this. And when you get these numbers, and it still goes up again, that's not like 2022. Yeah, well, we're going to make a 2022. We're going
2: to make a run at uh, S and P 4K this morning. Haven't done that since the middle yeah, of wait, 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 December. Carl,
1: people were saying 33. There were a lot of people who said 3,000. There were people who came on who basically just were predicting an ice age. Yeah, this is not an ice age. It's just
3: not. Uh, We are going to be joined by Nelson Peltz, as we've said a number of times, only a few minutes from now. But, you know, Jim, I certainly will turn to you and just ask for your overall take on what we've been reporting since roughly four o'clock yesterday. Peltz is coming after a board seat, Um, really only built his position in the company in mid-November, although he did begin discussions, broadly speaking, with them in July At least with management at the time of course disney was run by bob chapek disney for its part also is going to be replacing its chairman susan arnold with mark parker former ceo of nike he's been on the disney board for some time he'll step up to the chairman role after the next annual meeting later this year uh, and they're reducing the size of the board from 12 to 11 but the main thing here is they said no to peltz who said i want a board seat the toughest thing for me until we speak to him of course
1: is that if i were nelson it turns out this started in july what I would say is, look, I don't trust Jay Peck, and then that was verified by the $1.5 billion surprise loss. I would like to see someone at chairman level really doing a great succession job. I think one of the strongest people on the board is Mark Parker, judging from what he did at Nike. So we've got to see, basically, did Nelson get what he wanted, and then is still going for something else? Or is there, are there
3: uh, really some problems
1: that really need Nelson to
3: fix? That's a great question. I mean, listen, they put a, a white paper out uh, making their case to a certain extent, not asking for things or not focusing on things that are specifically media related, like do this right. kind of movie or, you know, and direct to consumer. But the broader stuff, capital allocation, corporate governance and strategy and operations, particularly cost discipline, Jim, is sort of all the things they're asking for. The most damning slide maybe, be, let me find it here. Uh, I thought it was TSR? later. TSR? Yeah. Well, TSR certainly. TSR
1: of, the, TSR. Uh, the TSR of
3: what they think yep. Iger's was versus yep. and what and Iger's then, is? Yeah. And then. Um, What's the damning slide? Let me no. See I think also. Oh, there it is. Uh, 14, oh, yes. Page 14. 14. 14. Financial performance in terms of its disappointment. Now, this is, of course, Triand's numbers. Right. Uh But, you know, an 8 billion increase in, in sg and 466 basis point increase in sg as a percent of revenue since 18, a 24 billion revenue increase from century, uh, 21st Century Fox, but ignored the rest of the income statement. David, restore the magic. All right, that's what they say. That's what we're going to talk about when we come back with Nelson Peltz.
4: Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help.
3: Welcome back. Nelson Peltz challenging Disney and its board of directors. He wants a seat on that board at the company's upcoming annual meeting. That's a number of months from now. Joining us now is Nelson Peltz. He's Triant Partners founder and CEO. Nelson, great to have you. Um, So much to get to. Let me start by uh, changing a quote from a famous movie with my first question. Of all the companies and all the industries and all the world, you got to walk into Disney. Why? Why Disney and why you?
5: David, good morning and good morning, Jim. Why not? We, we have skin in the game. You know, we look at a company and we look at Disney and we say that this is the most advantaged consumer company on the planet. And we love it. That's the reason why we're here. However, the TSR, the total shareholder return of one, three, five, ten 10 years, has materially underperformed the S&P and underperformed the proxy peers that the companies selected. Mo- equally as important, there are a lot of retail investors in this company. They eliminated the dividend that was in effect, for 57 years. 57 years of a dividend, and now it's gone. And now they want to tell us that everything is going to be great again. We think that we can help. We have a record of helping, David. David, I know you've seen our slide deck. You know, if you look at our slide deck, okay, uh, if our slide deck only had three pages on it it would be page five which is the stock chart that would be our first page okay it would be page eight that would be our second slide page eight tells us that on every board that i have served on and i probably served on more boards than anybody that i know that company whatever board it was, has outperformed the S&P by 900 basis points annually, annually. And you know, David, we're very long-term.
3: I know you are. You're very long-term average of as much as six years. That cannot be a criticism leveled against Tryon in any way. Um, And people can follow at home when you call out page numbers. But let me come to some specifics here as well, which is You know, you're going after a company that has now announced it's replacing its chairman, that since you built your position has replaced its CEO, and that has embarked on a cost-cutting program that seems to at least mirror to a certain extent some of the things you're asking for. Why continue to want a board seat when they seem to be doing a lot of very active things, Nelson?
5: (laughs) Think of all the positive impacts we've had in just such a short period of time. Think how much more we can help. The fact that they changed their chairman, well, they had to. Ms. Arnold is stepping down this year. But they picked Mr. Parker, who did a wonderful job at Nike. Now Mr. Parker will be the second of only two people that we know of in corporate America that are chairman of two companies simultaneously. But he was here. He voted for the Fox acquisition. He voted to to make the acquisition of Sky. Think about that. They lost about $50 billion on Fox. Fox hurt this company. Fox took the dividend away. Fox took, created what was once a pristine balance sheet into a mess. Right. Had they bought right. Sky, which he and everybody else bought, they would have spent $100 billion. They would have spent $34 billion at their price for something that analysts estimate today is worth nine.
3: All true. All so true, Nelson. So when it comes to Sky— that, yeah, when it comes to Sky, obviously, they did bid it up. But then our parent company paid and they benefited from that as a significant shareholder and owner of Fox, that being Disney. You know, listen, I know you're, you're focused you're, on the oh, Fox the David, deal. David,
5: David, yeah, David yes. you're 100 percent right. But the 50 billion dollars is after the Sky proceeds. Understood.
3: I understand that. Um, uh, and the debt taken on there. They would claim, of course, Nelson, that COVID played an important role here in terms of where they stand on leverage and keeping the company going. And they would also say, and I want you to answer this criticism: David, that listen, David, you know, David, wait, Nelson, I, let me finish. David, Nelson,
5: let me okay, Let, let me just
3: finish the question. They would also say Go that ahead. you're acting in part. You know, this is really about this is uh, they. This is about your ego. This is about hubris to some extent. This is not. This is about Nelson Pelt saying, hey. I still want to be on your board, even though you just did replace your CEO. Again, I'd like you to respond to that criticism because
5: it will come from the Disney side. Okay, I'd be happy to. They offered me a board observer yesterday. They said, you can be in the meetings. You don't have a vote. Okay. And we'd like to hear what you've got to say. That means they want my input on operations but they don't want my input on corporate governance. That's why they don't want me to have a vote. So that says that they believe even that I have something to add.
1: Well, Nelson, it's Jim. Uh, I think that's a very interesting point you just put up. When you were uh, admitted to the proctor board, but again, in a proxy fight, I, I know that even without the proxy fight, I, they spent a lot of time with you and they talk with you. They go over your plan. When you spent time with the Corp, with the Governance and Nomination Committee here, and I'm sure you did, why did they say that you might
5: not be the right man? OK, let me tell you something. They said they met with me several times. As you guys know, we've been through this drill many times. Most of the times it doesn't even reach your network. Most of the times we make this peaceful solution quietly and we get a board seat. But the fact is that they didn't meet with me several times. Even at TNG, where we had the biggest proxy fight in history, I had many meetings with management, with the board, individually, as a group committees. They even allowed me to address their management sessions. Think about that. Here, they gave me, I had a less than a five-minute phone call with Bob. He told me his lawyers wouldn't let him speak to me. Now, Bob invited me, which I did in 2019, to come speak to the Disney board. They wanted my opinion on things. They invited me, Obviously, they had some respect on what I had to say. They wanted me to talk about AT&T. They wanted me to talk about the economy. They didn't limit me, but they gave me a five-minute conversation. And then Bob said, look, he was sailing on his boat in New Zealand. Okay, and then I had one meeting with the board, not in in a Zoom meeting, one One meeting. How long was uh, that mean? No, 45, 45, how many minutes minu- how many minutes did yep. they want to give you? Okay. They wanted to give me thirty. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so they gave you they so gave I you fifty
1: percent more time, Nelson. You're not making a point there. G-
5: Jimmy, you're hundred percent right. So, so well, okay. To well, let, this, let, me, ask to let this. me ask you something else. Jim, they, let me ask you something else. Jimmy they have let, a balance. Jim, sheet. Let me just let me, what Okay, ahead. let me just finish this, Because this is an sure. important point. They gave me 45 minutes. I was in a room with a screen of all the directors except for Bob. They were on screen. They heard me. There was not one thank not one comment, not one question. Just thank you. Okay? In the room with me, I was with Bob, I was with Christine, and I was with a handful CFO. of their senior leadership team, none of which had any revenue or profit responsibility. All staff. Okay, Sorry. Well,
1: look, one of the things that occurs to me, I know that you were not happy with what I believe is to be a seventy one point three billion dollar acquisition of Fox. Now, they intertwine that. It's very difficult to figure out what that is worth. But well, what would you think about if there were able to have a write off 25 billion, 30 billion, maybe 50 billion dollars of, of a shareholder money? How much would you have written off if you were able to?
5: Look, I, I don't have I'm not an accountant, but it clearly is probably got to start at a minimum with 30. OK, and maybe more okay i well, can't then, tell you because i don't know how they're carrying it on their books okay well, but, but, I but a lot of people but the
1: people right who voted on. for this the people who voted for this acquisition they all seem to have what you i think would regard as fingerprints so my question is why are you only asking for one i would think that you probably at one point would have wanted three or four board seats to be able to clean it up given the fox acquisition and the balance sheet from hell
5: Jim <laughs> You're right. It is the balance sheet from hell. But but Jim, look, I was one man on the board at Heinz. No, I was two men. I was one man on the board at Mondelez. I was one man on the board at PG. Good things happen. I I, I don't need to overwhelm them. I just have to speak right. reasonably to these people and explain to them where we think they they have gone wrong or what opportunities they're missing when you get on the board you get the inside numbers you really hear directly from management you can ask questions and hopefully get the unvarnished answers so that's what happens when you get on a board i don't need more than one person on this board i don't need them to split their vote
3: We've I've made that point. One person can obviously do a lot on a board, particularly if it's an effective person. I want to come back to the timeline if I can here. You built your position. It seems like at least from the exhibits to the proxy, you know, November 8th to November 16th. Did you originally want to get rid of Chapek? Was that the point here? Was that really what you were going after? And then you had to kind of shift.
5: You know, David, if you look at my record, I've never gotten rid of anybody. Think about that. I want to say that slowly. Even those who had proxy fights that I won, nobody left. There's still references for, for me. David Taylor right. is a reference for me. Okay. Bill Johnson is a reference for me. Okay. That's, that's what Ed Green, who came in as the CEO and chairman of DuPont... Is a reference for me. Yep. So these are people who I fought with publicly and then and got at least in two of those examples got on the board. So the fact is I'm not disruptive. I think I'm constructive. If I wasn't, they wouldn't give me references. I can't put words in their mouth. But look at the right. results. Look at what happened at PNG. I got on the board, the stock was in the 70s. I got off at the end of 21, the stock was 160. That wasn't yeah. magic. Okay? Uh, understood. Markets up.
3: Margins and, and, went up. you know, up. again, people will look at your uh, your totals in terms of what you say is a 900 basis point outperformance during your periods on the board of various companies versus the S&P. Um, you know, I do wonder, though, uh, Nelson, What is it you'd bring to the board in terms of any, you have no media experience. Uh, Now, there are other members of this board who don't as well. But, you know, Disney would push back and say, say what's he going to advise us on? You know, how to do direct to consumer or, you know, why, why, why why? should Nelson be on this board? board. Yeah,
5: David, have they shown that they have a lot of media experience? Look at the numbers. (laughs) (laughs) I, I can I can lob that same question back to them but we've invested historically in Lionsgate, in Time Warner, in Comcast. I currently sit on the board of MSG, and this is a lot more than a media company. This is a consumer company with a basket full of the greatest brands in the world.
3: Um, Although I will say, you sit on the board of MSG, you want these guys to be better at corporate governance. I mean, Nelson, talk about poor corporate governance. MSG?
5: The hockey team's doing good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, come on, David. The hockey team's doing
3: great. You got that going, yeah, you got that going for you. All right, okay. All right, Nelson. Okay,
5: MSG me- <laughs> MSG is not a try and investment. It is a personal investment, okay? And the fact is, they do have super voting stock, but they also have huge skin in the game. They own a lot of stock. It's not like a lot of these companies. Let me get get Jim back in here, Nelson.
1: Nelson, One of the things that's never happened is the board has never addressed at least publicly uh, what happened with JPEC. That seems to be a fiasco. What happened with the Fox acquisition? My travel trust is a shareholder in this company. I find it is time for truth and reconciliation. What the hell happened here? And when are we going to find out? Because this is an American iconic company whose business was basically put through the ringer. And
5: we don't know a thing about what happened. You you are 100% right. This thing has been put through the ringer. Bob Iger was there until December 31st of 2021. He was executive chairman. I'm told he physically never even left his office. And he was still the guy that people were checking with. Then he stepped away. OK. pick was put in power. I'm not going to comment on whether pick was the right decision or the wrong decision, because I don't want to talk about the departed. But the fact is that I don't know that he was given an opportunity to do his job. And what I do blame is I do blame the CFO because the quarter that he was let go on, which was a disaster. Usually, usually the CFO will start to warn the street, tell them that things are not good. Your consensus is off. They start to do that mid quarter or as soon as they as soon as they see the signs that they're going to miss. And this was such a dramatic miss. And shape it for the full responsibility of that and. Oh, oh man! in Zoom stock have been
3: going higher? We were told that uh, the Zoom link would, it would not expire until one. until nine thirty. Let's try. We're going to try and get. Uh, we're going to try and get Nelson back. And the interview,
1: David. I mean, is continue. he making some points that are surprising versus what the company has been saying, and how long he's been actually at this versus what we thought?
3: Yeah. Well, the first meeting took place in July, but he didn't own any stock then, Jim, at all. Uh, which is interesting but you raised
1: that point I mean didn't he get what he wanted and now
3: it's not enough that's that's the question um, he says he can bring a lot to you him. know we didn't get a chance to talk about the fight itself um, in terms of what he thinks his chances are again hoping to get him back although time is a waste in here were you surprised that he didn't even meet with the corporate government nominating committee and he spent 45 minutes they kind of stiff are a major company am I told he's good again or no okay Nelson I'm I think good. you're back Okay. You know what, Uh, let me ask a quick um, quick question because we are going to hit an opening bell here for a minute. You know, I know you have a a long relationship with Perlmutter or Rand Marvel, um, and I'm I'm curious as to whether he's advising you at all um, what role, if any, he's playing here in terms of how you're thinking about Disney because he has no love for Iger anymore. You know, I think he's pretty bitter about sort of uh, Kevin Feige taking over certain parts of the role there.
5: You know, I'm friends with a lot of Disney shareholders. A lot of them. A lot of the Disney shareholders have voted for me in the past. A lot of the index funds. There aren't a lot of mutual funds left in the company because they don't they don't see the future. Maybe they're coming in now. So I know I I know many other shareholders of Disney and uh, if any of, if there is a shareholder of Disney that's happy with what's going on, that guy's been short to stop. So, uh, <laughs> it's a good I, I can't speak, it's a good I, point. you'll have to ask him. Uh,
3: um, Nelson, how do you see this proxy fight playing out? Obviously, we're very happy to have you communicating with us first here on CNBC. I'd assume you'll be doing that. But, you know, we've got universal proxy access. I think it may be the first time you're doing a proxy fight under that. Um, but it's hard for me to imagine, given everything they've done, that you may get the index funds on your side. So, how do you sort of see this proceeding? And does Universal Proxy Access help you at all?
5: David, our lawyers, I think, are responsible for the Universal Proxy Card. We lob, lob, lobbied the SEC after the PNG proxy fight because it was so confusing for shareholders who got card after card after card, rainbow colored cards, okay? And now they finally have one card with everybody's name on it. I think it's a great advantage for the shareholders. That's what's important, because now they can make their decision on one card instead of several.
1: Okay, so Nelson, my last question would be that I think that what you what can you do about Disney Plus, which was the, supposed to be making a profit very soon? Do you offer any advice? More, uh, more content, less content, more family content? Do you buy or sell Hulu because this balance sheet's so bad? I don't know the optionality here.
5: Jim, you're a hundred percent right sitting where i'm sitting not inside the boardroom not having access to the numbers the way i'd like to i think they have to they have to buy hulu or or they have to get out of the streaming business they must buy hulu unfortunately that means this company is going to have a debt load going forward for several years so they've got that cash has got to come from somewhere my goal is to reduce corporate overhead to a point that the company gets better. Look what happened to P&G. We got there, there were 11,000 people in corporate. We left, there were 4,000. Nobody got fired. They were put inside the businesses so they were part of somebody's P&L. I'd like to see this company stop running like a matrix and start running like the companies we've been involved in, where they have real CEOs of businesses with real P&Ls, real cash flows, and really and real projections. I know it's hard in the movie business, but it's not that hard in the streaming business, okay? And they've gotta be able to do that. But don't forget, yeah. they. you've talked about COVID, you can talk about all that stuff, but the fact is, that they are getting record profits out of the park, in spite of where the stock is, in spite of where the PL is, the parks are generating record profits. Well you say they're
3: over-earning. So what does that even mean, All Nelson? To say COVID? that they that to say the parks are over-earning some, somehow implies what? That they're pushing price too hard, that they're gonna suffer as a result
5: of that? Because
3: that's what you say in your presentation.
5: Yeah, I think they probably price, pushed price a bit too hard. Bob has readjusted that a bit. I think the parks, and I'm not an expert here, probably need a little bit more CapEx. But the parks are generating huge profit, huge cash flow, and they want to blame this stuff on COVID. Right. The parks rebounded but- out of COVID like crazy. Then ah, why, not build, more the yeah. why not build more parks? Why not
1: build more parks? CHAPEC did not commit to building more parks. No, well, they're not. Why
5: not? No, they have, the, they have the ability. They have the ability to build more parks. Jim, Jim, where, Jim, where's the cash going to come from to build more? I'd love to build more parks. Comcast said they're building one in Texas and one somewhere else. I'd love to build more parks.
3: Now, Nelson, let me just finally end with, with you know, Iger is one of the considered one of the great CEOs. Uh, and you're not looking to get rid of him, but you're certainly not endorsing him here. Why not just have confidence that Iger's going to be able to do what needs to be done here? He has led this company for many years previously through great success. You know, I don't quite understand why you don't seem to have confidence in his ability to come back in here, successfully find a successor for himself, but more importantly, do the things you're talking
5: about. David, look at his TSR. Look at his TSR, take it through year end when he stepped down as executive chair, take a look at that TSR, and then you tell me the answer. It's, it's right in the book. I know. It's I, right on I, page I got the page. 16. I
3: got the page. We've all seen the page. Even DSR. Say? I did look, I did look at the comp set too. It's kind of a weird comp set. It includes Meta and Alphabet and Amazon. But many of them have been down as you know well. Uh, AT&T, okay, Warner, it, Paramount. David, David, yeah.
5: David, you know who picked the comp set? They did. They David. did. Disney. Yep. Disney. I know you I took it from their the proxy. I know you did. You know, I just checked did. it.
3: Nelson,
1: um, uh, can I just ask Nelson something that's bothering me? uh, Sure. Uh, Nelson Safra Katz, who runs Oracle, a truly great executive, you try to speak to her. At one point, she says she can't speak to you. Some lawyer told her she can't speak to you.
5: What the heck is going on? Why can't you speak to people on the board? Is this communism? I mean, really, are we in China or are we in America? (laughs) Okay. <laughs> uh, let me check it out. I don't it's know. Saffer's a good friend there. Either. It's ridiculous. Jim, during the PNG proxy fight, I could speak to any director whenever the hell I wanted, and they could speak to me. Yeah. We had a better understanding. That's why when I came on the board after that ridiculous proxy fight, an unnecessary proxy fight, everything was collegial. They gave me a parting gift when I stepped down. I still have it. It meant, it meant a lot to me. My parting um, gift to them and the shareholders hold oh, it. Let me finish this one, David. Okay, you finish gift and then we got them go. was, Okay, margins went up 25%. Market shares went up for the first time in a dozen years. Okay, and the stock went from the 70s to 160. In three and a half years, Nelson Peltz. Always I'll a pleasure, my one. friend.
3: Thank you, thank you for joining thank us. Look forward to, you to I'm sure. look forward I'm to Bob future David. conversations. Thank
5: you, guys. I'll see you. Thank soon. Thank you.
3: <laughs> okay, good. Nelson Peltz, guys. Let's get
2: back to stocks. We had an opening bell, Carl. Uh, well, Disney's one stock up two percent. That's going to take you back to roughly uh, November on that price, Jim, as we get closer and closer to 100. Well,
1: look, I, the, the last quarter was one of the things that happened. That last quarter was a shock to everyone. I know that, uh, that Nelson talked about how uh, the CFO, Christine McCarthy, looking at the numbers, probably should have pre-announced. I, I think that it, was a, it wasn't it was the uh, cause of Nelson getting involved because that was July, but it's the possible cause for a whole lot of things that happened. Because the $1.5 billion loss uh, is now uh, behind us. And I say us because my capital trust owns it. That was a dismal day. It was one of the worst declines I've ever seen of a major stock. So, Carl, this one's at least made up what happened on what was a doomsday for JPEG.
2: To David's question uh, on the broad retail ownership, does that make the hill steeper for Nelson or not, Jim?
1: Uh, I think that he's got a real shot here. I mean, I think people have lost a lot of money in this stock. And they are willing to, they're not going to say, oh, Mark Parker, that's terrific. Because they don't know that Mark Parker is the one of the great heroes of Nike. They're not going to say, wow, uh, he, I guess he spoke, he, he didn't get to give a chance, but that's okay. I think they're going to say he spoke for 45 minutes? He didn't meet with anyone? What is it that they're afraid of? And that's, I think, the point he's going to
3: make. It's an odd situation. Situation overall, I have to say, just having followed so many of these through the years, in part, I do still wonder as to exactly why Mr. Peltz feels the need, feels compelled to be on this board. At the same time, from Disney's perspective, just not sure it's going to be worth the distraction, worth the endless conversation that's going to go on. Why not just put them on? Um, well, so I kind of wonder put from both on. sides they put why, why they didn't. Bob, you but you know, they haven't, and here we are. It's going to make for fun for us, but Dan
1: Loeb was uh, involved, trying to get someone Dan on show. Dan Loeb showed
3: up, last, as we know, last August with a list of certain things that he wanted uh, considered. I believe he's still a shareholder here as well. It hasn't gone particularly well for Loeb, by the way, no. as, as you know. He kind of came in with the idea of really supporting Chapek in many ways um, and trying to sort of give Chapek a Carolyn more. Everson
1: on the board. He's yep. instrumental. Carolyn She's on Facebook. Everson came so on the board. So maybe anytime anybody buys stock, they get to put someone on the board. Is that what you're thinking? Oh, my.
3: But I, I, I think that does figure into this, Jim, in the sense of the board feels like, hey, you know what? We already dealt with Loeb. Right. That's we right. We already, right. you know, a, a, agreed on a on an independent director with him, and like enough here. Um, but obviously, not enough for Mr. Pelts, who wants the presence on that Disney board. But David, um,
1: you know, I remember talking to Mr. McInerney. Remember, you, Mr. McInerney used to be the CEO of Boeing? He yes, was, and um. He was running, he was chairman of Procter. Hey, talk, Nelson talks to him like a dozen, he's like multiple times. Yeah. I remember speaking to Jim and he said, well, I've talked, how many times? How many times have I talked to Nelson? I don't know, this board has not truly engaged, the nominating, the governing, no, not No, you engaged. can read and, the
3: background at least from uh, from Tryon and, and you can see that there was not a great deal of engagement um, yeah, Carl. Yeah, but, but the forty-five point. minutes as opposed to thirty.
2: Yeah, well, that was good. That was good, Jim. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Boeing a moment ago. Uh, we did get that upgrade over. stopped upgrade.
1: Credit, They talk about upgrade.
2: not just uh, the order deliveries. By the way, they're going to neutral uh, from a cell, but um, they talk about. China letting in Australian coal once again may be a good sign for Boeing getting access.
1: I agree with that. By the way, American Airlines, fantastic interview this morning I mean, uh, with Phil LeBeau. The airlines are doing incredibly well. They're flush. The Chinese might be coming back looking at the max. Uh, this might be in spite of itself, obviously, because Airbus doesn't have any planes. Uh, the 787 is doing well. I know that there are very big concerns about Boeing's balance sheet, but this will all help the cash flow. So I have to admit, much to my chagrin, because my Chapel Trust didn't sell it. you got to admit the wit winners and the losers and I thought that this couldn't that it was just it needed too much money but things are going their way
2: Uh, uh, yeah UAL's up 30 percent this year I know
1: without Nelson (laughs) that's a joke just put kind of a proxy humor
3: there had. Because Listen, remember the
1: proxy fight. At I you know we all- haven't. I
3: don't. Know, we haven't actually talked much about GE since the healthcare spin to bring up oh. a bad Tryan investment. Oh. Uh, I remember reading the white paper from Tryan on GE. It felt very compelling at the time. Obviously, it did not go their way at all. Um, no. You know there are there are uh, look. I just for every good investment. Make there's also mistakes, ones that man. did not do well.
1: Look, I just admitted to a There's not everybody. Look, if you were perfect, what would you be doing in? Not talking any, you know. You would just be—you would own an island bigger than that, than Ellison, without a doubt. No. And Ellison, the right Ellison, not the wrong Ellison, the FTX Ellison, the right Ellison,
3: or not Larry Ralph Waldo? Oh, okay, got it. All right. No,
1: but look, I, I don't want to minimize this. Disney. Uh, it is a major company we all love, and that's why we're spending a little more time on it than I think normally. If we were speaking about, say, a big tool-and-die company, oh, we would course. not be spending we, much these, time. These,
3: these names always get outsized uh, outsized coverage. Let's talk about another name that gets a lot of coverage, but perhaps better deserved, Tesla shares. been all over the map this week, uh, Jim, down now another 2.7% after what was a significant move higher on on at least uh, some enthusiasm around the idea that they're going to expand the plant in Austin. um, Stock's down 3% though for the year. So basically today's move is off of flat for the year.
1: You know, I'm gonna offer, I'm gonna give you a little conjecture here. If you listen to Taiwan Semis conference call, which was in the middle of the night, uh, they talked about how the semis are going to be available for Ford and GM. Well, that means they're gonna have the semis that they need to make the competitive cars and trucks to Tesla. Because Taiwan Semi is a great repository. But Taiwan Semi, by the way, said that the first quarter is not going to be good. Look at the way it's acting. Right. But I think Taiwan Semi holds the key to the competitors, semiconductors, in order to be able to go up against Tesla. I think Ford is going to be doing uh, 30,000 EVs a month beginning November, maybe up to 50,000. They have the chips. GM is ready, too. Competition, David. Competition to Tesla.
2: Well, your point about how it's reacting to, say, the operating margin guidance, Electrolux yesterday, uh, rising on a pretty weak guide. I wonder if that means you think market is ready for the earnings season that's about to come.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, one of the most important companies that I look at when it comes to technology is Logitech. They reported last night. That stock's down twelve. They're talking about enterprise tech still still being bad. I mean, you have to look through the valley of the shadow of bad earnings. Yep, you've said and, that. And wow, fear. that stock is getting and hit fear very hard. no evil. On And I've got to tell you, apropos of a lot of the people who come on, uh, a lot of the money managers, they can't. They can't go through it. It's too hard. They look at Logitech and they say, you know what, I'm going to
3: wait. No. They're not going to wait. They're going to sell. Right. Right. Uh, thus far this year, the banks have been a very good performer, as contrasted with pharma, strong performer last year. So right. far, not Pfizer, the worst performer by far amongst the group of the, of the mega cap pharma, down almost 9 percent. But total rotation, though. We know that Pfizer's doing well. Yeah. Uh, well, we're coming up on bank earnings uh, very soon. We're going to be talking about them, <laughs> like,
1: like 23 hours.
3: Yeah. Any thoughts as we head into that?
1: Well, look, I think that what we, the numbers we got today are good. People want interest rates lower. That's, the back rally started on October 16th when the 10-year peak, that's when it really started coming in place because people decided they cared far more about loan losses than they cared about all the money they make by giving you nothing when your deposit and getting 4%. They don't care about that, David. They, people care about loan losses. So I think we're going to have to listen to very closely to Brian Moynihan from Bankmar, who's going to tell you that there's very few loan losses, to... Charlie Sharp from Wells Fargo, I think he's going to say
3: it's the best balance sheet they've ever had. You do? Yes. Will the market respond positively to that, or is that already a known? Well, I'll tell you, this is a market. As they, by the way, retreat from mortgage lending to a certain extent, which used to be the heart and soul of that company. That stock is going to depend on
1: how how many more consent degrees they have to complete, but... Look, J.P. Morgan has has been just one incredible stock. So it is hard for me to believe that it can continue to be incredible unless they do a lot of things. You know, they say, listen, we can expand the buyback. The government's fine with it. We're going to raise the dividend. But I will say that if interest rates have peaked, not go up, and therefore the loan losses won't go up, people will buy these stocks even now because they're still down. Wells was it on February 8th. Of of 2018, Wells Fargo was at 62.
2: It's at 42 now. It's a much better bank. Uh, Yeah, it's been remarkable. I mean, Diamond just this week suggesting maybe Fed funds goes to six. I I mean the market's counting on four and a half by year end.
3: That was extreme. That was a hurricane. I know, but although he now says I shouldn't have said hurricane. Shouldn't have said hurricane. Yeah, he's (laughs) well, you know, you can't. He's downgraded it to like a (laughs) tropical storm. (laughs) I mean, I. Uh, I feel like in Philadelphia you got this guy Hurricane
1: Schwartz who's retiring. I feel like some Schwartz here. What matters to me is not the def- the definition of it. I think that if you look at the CPI, you'd be hard pressed to think that you need to take it to six. Which
2: reminds me, you know, the Dow's down 165, but a big weight on the Dow is UNH. We'll get them tomorrow. Amgen lower. <laughs> probably- does, does, do Staples, healthcare, utilities? Is yeah. that going to be a source of weakness from here on out?
1: You know, UNH is doing incredibly well. This is that rotation. Humana, my travel trust, has been pre-announced better than expected numbers that J.P. Morgan is getting killed. Now, a lot of that might be people are worried that maybe a, a, a presidential candidate emerges in, for the Democratic Party and starts taking aim at these companies. Uh, they've always been pinatas for
0: Democrats. We'll,
2: we'll like get them? UNH uh, tomorrow along with, as you know, the major banks and BlackRock and because of that, uh, we're going to talk to Larry Fink on this show tomorrow. Oh, that's big.
0: Yeah.
1: Larry does more than just put out his numbers. He gives a manifesto that David is probably the most important, even more than J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, his annual letter, you yeah. mean, as well. Yeah. 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 It's uh, a has very-
1: tremendous sway. The question you ask about the universal proxy.
3: Yep, yeah, that was that's uh, that's something we got to sort of adjust to. It does make it easier to launch proxy fights, but uh, so many things to talk to Mr. Fink about. Obviously, we'll want to dig into earnings with him, initially, and We've then then, then the broader debates around ESG and what they've been dealing with as well.
1: Tomorrow, really, I've got to tell you, I, I want people. I did a piece on this. Don't make a decision that. Well, oh, J.P. Morgan's good. Ooh, City's bad. There's a, there's a plethora of bank earnings, and they all the banks tend to trade together, unless there's some sort of takeover, like you know, First Tennessee. I,
2: I did want to get you on, first for horizon, example, first Jim Bed Bath, uh, up again today. Obviously, it's doubled over three days. Crypto up eight straight days, back above eighteen k, first time since December. Best week since July. Market is rewarding a lot of things you don't like.
1: Well, I mean. You know, Bed Bath put out a note, and the note said that it might not be a going concern, and the stock's up big since then. Now, we did see, David, once Hertz
3: did, you know, kind of. Hertz filed. Was a Lazarus, and then, the, Lazarus and, and then the stock actually traded much higher after bankruptcy, which right. was... One of the stranger things we've seen in some time, the company actually in a position to potentially have issued equity, the SEC quashed that at the last moment. But there was recovery value on Hertz.
1: No, there was, but there was. Yeah, in part
3: because used car prices at that point were soaring as well.
1: You know, there's Chapter 7 versus Chapter 11. I mean, I think that Bed Bath is in trouble enough that they might want to liquidate. The people who are buying it right now are uh, people who I think are just, they remind me of another era, Um, the GameStop era, the... uh, no, no, I don't think. Is that an point. era now? Is that a full era? Oh, well, that's an era. No, it's a paleo. paleo. Well, it's a Centazoa
2: era. <laughs> as we go to break, let's get a look at bonds. Oh, what a busy morning between uh, CPI and Disney. Uh, but CPI did come in uh, down a 10th, as some major banks uh, did forecast. 10 year did dip below 3.5 this morning, currently still lower, but back to 3.55. Back in a minute. Dow 30 heat map uh, lost some ground here at the open as we're getting dragged lower by some names like uh, UNH, Amgen, even Apple and j and But Disney remains the top performing component of the day and the second top performing component of the year uh, behind Dow Chemical. Back in a minute.
1: Let's get to Jim and Scott trading. Fascinating piece of research this morning from RBC Capital where they say that the time to go back to the Internet, secular, bring it back. And they like Meta. And get this, second half setups, Google and Amazon, two of the most despised stocks on earth. I noticed that Google uh, is trimming some of its people, one of its uh, healthcare units. So this is the beginning, I think, of maybe people saying, Fang is not dead. I think Fang, some of Fang has been uh, root canal.
2: Yeah, well, then you had the president's uh, journal op-ed yesterday going after big tech. Uh, saying he wants some bipartisan unity on holding big tech accountable. Well,
1: what I want is I want Meta broken up. I think that uh, David, I got to tell you, I think WhatsApp's worth a hundred billion.
4: Is that
3: ten, what you come ten, to? $100 ten, ten, ten times revs. I'm using it right now. I yep. got a, you know, I got a son abroad. It's great. You know, and tonight I've got one of the most important
1: companies in the entire universe of clean energy, and that's a company that was apparently in talks with
3: Exxon, Denbury. Please ask about that. No, no, because there me. is there is a belief that Denbury, it still you know be, might be something Exxon's interested in. I knew he was the guy. And maybe the bid ask is too far off. But Denbury is the leader in you, clean energy. Yes, they, well, it's very interesting what they're doing in carbon capture. You want to again, join me? i ask some
1: questions. Maybe about how long we. No, met you should stick around,
3: David. You got it. No, you got <laughs> it. You're good. <laughs> I tried to get him. Yeah, you'll be all right. It'll all be right, right over there, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll,
2: we'll watch from home. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you yeah. tonight. I'll see you later. Okay. Man, money. Six p.m. Eastern.
1: You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
0: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you.